Previously on Anything Goes. We, we can say all we like, Kathleen. I just want someone to hold me. You go, you, I, when I came in, you were crying in a corner. <laughs> eating ice cream out of a bucket. Yeah. Exactly. Now, but you, before, before we even started the show, we were talking, you made a very uh, loud point about... Um, Women in comedy? We, but, but just the idea that men do comedy to get laid. Yes, I, I, and I, and yeah. I, I want that point out there because yes. it's a very yes. interesting okay. point. My, my, thinking, my thing about comedy is it's generally comedy is, I, I believe, the impulse to do comedy is a masculine impulse. Yes. I don't think that has to do with gender or anything, but I think the impulse to make people laugh is a masculine thing, regardless of whether you have XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes or even something in between. Well, I think I think men are constantly trying to climb a status ladder, and if it's if you can be the funniest guy in the room or the smartest guy or the richest guy or the fastest or the fastest or, strongest. or the strongest. See, this is why I think that's right because men. Um, they're not attracted to a funny girl. They're That's attracted to tits and ass and a hot body. Women are usually attracted to, uh, when you ask most women, sense of humor is the, one of the number one things they're attracted right. to. So a guy has to develop this really cool, right. fun guy personality and he'll get laid more. A girl needs to exercise and not eat and vomit yes. and guys will hit on her more. And I understand, and I know Dave's can come in and say, no, I like bigger well, no, girls no, too. No, well, no, but, I, yeah, I was going to say that. But, but or they just cut out the vomiting part. It is the norm <laughs> of society. Bring it on. Yeah. Guys don't look at a girl and think, God, no, she's going to have a great personality. I want to fuck that personality. No, they go, I want to titty fuck her gigantic tits. Well, okay. Correct. You can't and argue that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not about to. I'm, it's a losing argument. But that's the way society is. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Don't touch that dial. It was molested and it brings back horrible memories. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? My, uh, does your dog play outside, Darren? Uh, yeah. And do you like throw snowballs at him and stuff? And no, he, uh, you know, she just loves to run around and bite anything that's wood. So oh. like anything that's sticking out of the ground, she's just gnawing. She's still a puppy, so she's losing her teeth and getting new teeth. So she just wants to bite everything. Did you see that? Oh, fucking shit! Did you see that uh, photo on the? <laughs> I did not of... see that fucking shit. No, I did not see fucking shit. <laughs> oh, okay, well, it's not worth it. I almost knocked something over, and I didn't. Um, did you see that photo on the internet about the baby's a child skull? Did you see that photo? No. Because no. all the all the teeth, all the adult teeth are up here, and the yeah. baby teeth are here. Okay. And I mean, you know, logically, if you thought about it long enough, you'd be like, well, that makes total sense. Right. But when you actually see a kid's skull that hasn't lost any teeth, mm-hmm. it is a very weird thing to look at. But where, yeah, where do you think the teeth come from? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, a thing you don't even need to. Like the tooth fairy comes, takes the baby tooth and shoves in the adult tooth. Well, like I said, like I said, it's like, you, you, if you think about it, it makes sense. Sure. That's how it is. But when you actually see it, you know, it's, 
You know, when you first said baby skull, I didn't think you were going to talk about teeth, Dave. I'm just, I don't mean to project <laughs> or, th or thought what you were going to oh, go I, with. But I think you are projecting. I think yeah. you are. <laughs> I think How much did the tooth fairy give you when you were a kid? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Quarter? Quarter? You know? Yeah. Yeah, a quarter or I was, I, I think there were loonies when I was a kid. But like my nephew got like 20 bucks a tooth. What? Yeah, like kids are getting like a ridiculous amount of money for their teeth. Like that their sounds, mouth is worth five hundred dollars. <laughs> that just sounds like a great way to make money as a kid. Because well, my old, my my youngest, who's eleven, still obviously believes. I got to say, it's quieter. Um, <clears throat> and he had lost two teeth in a row, so we gave him five dollars for that. But that's only because it was two in a row. Otherwise, huh. it's either a dollar or two dollars. Most times, it's a dollar. I, uh, my tooth fairy things were all crushed when I was, I, I went through some of my mom's jewelry boxes and I opened this one and it was filled with baby teeth mm. and I brought it to her and I was like, whose teeth are these? And she was like, ah, the tooth fairy just wanted me to hold them for her. I'm like, why? And then she explained that the tooth fairy wasn't real. Right. And then she was a tooth fairy. But I also did swallow a tooth once. Like I was, uh playing with it and popped out and then I swallowed it and then I got all upset because I'm like now I'm never gonna get money from the tooth fairy mm -hmm. so we wrote her out and explained what happened and then the next morning I woke up and there was like fairy like sp sparkles all over my pillow and she left a note mm -hmm. saying she understood and she gave me money anyway like no, this, this the, stuff fairies have fairy, to do the tooth fairy didn't treat you like a drug mule and just say wait <laughs> until you shit it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's see let's see Come on, you just can't throw that out there. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I swallowed a tooth. Yeah, you're gonna have to dig through your shit, little kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit, shit in the bathtub and mush it up with your foot until you get something oh solid. Now, now we're talking about Dave's childhood. This is good. Uh, or, my, or my drug mule days, but yeah. get on about that. Speaking of childhood, Dave, you just saw, you told me uh, before we talked to Kathleen that this year you finally saw Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder version, not Charlie the Johnny Depp version. Yeah, no, not the Tim Burton version. Actually, it was Christmas Eve. For the first ever? Yeah, first time ever. And I had no idea oh that, that song, that, that song uh, The Candyman, yes. came from that movie. Yes. I always thought it was just a Sammy Davis Jr. song that that he adopted as his own. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that it was from that movie. I, I watched the whole thing. I thought it was really great, but it's weird to see the remake before the original. Right. And then follow along like that with it but so i've never seen the remake or the reboot they they call it a reboot not a remake yeah um, very good but but i uh i love willy wonka uh now not a lot of people know this that roald dahl hated the film uh <laughs> roald dahl the writer the writer oh, okay. hated the film hated the movie so much that he refused to make any more movies of his books for a very long time and I think the next one that was made was finally when Tim Burton came along and did James and the Giant Peach. Uh, the family kind of entrusted him because of Frank and Weenie and The Nightmare Before Christmas, knew that he would do justice to the text and therefore let him do it. And James and the Giant Peach is a great movie as well. Aren't they, make, aren't they making The Witches? Isn't that coming out right now? It is, supposedly, yes. Yeah. Well, they're all, they're all going to premiere on HBO on demand, and and you have to pay thirty dollars for them to watch. But yeah. So have I you watched watch... Soul yet? Hmm. I watched like fifteen minutes of it with my son, and then I had to go because my dog did something. 
but I do want to watch it again. I've heard all the reviews, and I, I lots of people are saying it's amazing. We're you talking about Wonder Woman, right? No, no Soul. Soul. Oh, okay. Watch it by yourself if you don't want your kids to see you cry hard. Because I cried so hard watching that movie. It's just like a very, it's like every adult needs to watch that movie. It's it's a very adult Pixar movie. It deals with death and everything like that. Um, but it is like, it deals with like people who, you know, just like living, it's basically the messages you need to live your life. Whatever your life is, you need to live it. Like don't. Right don't like hold yourself back because you didn't get this or didn't get that you need to actually live in the moment and oh my god yeesh it was a good i bawled my freaking eyes out it was such a good movie well i mean i i cried at talladega night so <laughs> and at the end of the first transformers movie so i'm yeah. not one to but i mean i, I loved uh i mean i i think i might have wept at the beginning of the up movie yeah that's well that's yeah, oh, that's yeah of a course cry. yeah you're heartless yeah. if you don't at least shed a little cheer at the first 10 minutes. And Wally yeah. is, is a, a, a great movie as well. And I, yeah. there's some heartbreaking moments in that movie. Even, even the good dinosaur, which they say was a, like a bad movie, like it tanked. It was still, my kids loved it. And I thought it was a good movie too. I don't know of a single Pixar movie that I've seen that isn't good. Everybody keeps saying um, that it's like, cause people are saying, well, Wally was really emotional and so was up, but they're, everybody is saying that this is probably one of the best Pixar movies of all time. Like it's just done so well. The story is, and it's not like there's no bad guy really in it. There's just like I don't know how to explain it without ruining it. But it's just it. It's just like it's not scary. It's just a great explanation of life, which is like you know everyone's like, what do we? Why are we here? It's a very good explanation of why and we think, are here. Isn't isn't Jamie Fox the lead? Yeah, he plays he plays the, the right because I mean, I watched it for 10, 15 minutes. Like I said. And uh, I, I can tell you, because I do a lot of cartoons, he does a really, really good job in that movie. Because it yeah, took me a while to really go, is that Jamie Foxx? Just it's kind of, at least the first 15 minutes, very kind of understated. It's not like wild and wacky. It's very much a good character. And I was like, I was quite surprised. Well, yeah, I, it was I, really good. Yeah, I, I'm never a big fan when they promote the voice before the story right. and, and, the, and, and the characters. I mean, it, that just seemed like a big thing with like Shrek and a lot of other animated films. It'd be like, hey, it's Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers, and right. you know, and, and uh, I mean, that's I mean, uh, I mean, that's why I always really like The Incredibles because I mean, they were really good, solid voices, and and they they did great jobs at it. But it wasn't like, hey, well, The, the Incredibles is different because The Incredibles they weren't like big name. I'm not saying they weren't well known actors, but they weren't like. And, yeah, but they but she's not like Jamie Foxx. She's not like at the moment the biggest star on the planet. They're they're stars and they're well known, but they're not known to being stars. They're known to being good actors or actresses. They're, they're known to me. They're known well, to me. Yeah. But they're 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 you know that and that's the thing about that movie, The Incredibles. The first one, it's pretty much a kitchen sink drama. Yeah. When you really boil it down, it's a classic story, and I I love that movie. It's still great. Right. Uh, did, did, did Kathleen, did you think that Die Hard was a Christmas movie? Because that's oh, like well, a, a big dumb I mean, argument that a lot of people have. I mean, if you're going to get real literal about it, it was an action movie. It wasn't a Christmas movie, but it, right. it was an action movie set at Christmas time. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, that's how, I mean, that's, that's the thing that always everyone says. It takes place at Christmas. And that's to me, how, 
Is Santa and the idea of Christmas a huge part of that but, like, movie? Yeah. No. It just no. Go ahead. Well, I kept on watching it. Sorry, everyone keeps I keep cutting it down. But uh, I watched it with Adam, who's seen it a million times. Mm -hmm. And then I kept on like asking questions, and he'd be like, "Oh, that's gonna come up soon." But I was like, "Why is this guy not wearing shoes?" And then it all came together. And uh, and then I was like, you know, I I thought Hans Gruber was not that bad a guy. <laughs> G'day mateys, this is Bushwhacker Luke, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Laugh Attack on XM Radio. Whoa! And your audio is connected. The basement looks like. There we go, we can hear it, we can see you. Can what you was that? We can hear you. We, oh, as a knee. Yes. Nicely done. All Hi right. guys. Can I can I ask you just quickly? Do you have Hello. to put the lotion in the basket down there, or <laughs> I'm in my RV? I thought I that would be uh, suitable to yes. actually sit in. I don't live here, but I thought it'd be kind of a fun little set. Yeah, nice. It's and a good it set. It's a very. Good set. <laughs> it keeps me away from my loud family as well. So. Oh. Nice. <laughs> so so is your man cave your RV? This pretty much it's turned into um, right. a, my man cave on wheels. Actually, you know what? Because I saw some of the photos of uh, of you going across country, mm -hmm. and uh, I was just—I uh, mean, I, I was in awe of it because really, that's sort of like that's kind of like my, my end goal is <laughs> to just buy one of those vehicles. And because I don't think I've ever been happier before uh, since, uh, uh, or or the peak of my genuine happiness it was like when I was going across the states, it, just driving to from Toronto to Las Vegas. But just right. being in a car and then just knowing that like you're crossing through all these different states with their own, well, with their own uh, consent laws. But let me get the, uh, beyond <laughs> that. Uh, but with their own like food and culture and everything like that and their own history to it and everything like that. I just, I, I love that idea of, uh, of driving cross country like that. Now, where did that come Steve? from? Why did I get this thing? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, my Jen and I, Jen Baxter, you guys know her, obviously, but uh, we'd be, we'd driven across the United States from Toronto to LA like eight or ten times over, over the years, you know, because we always had a dog and we always wanted to travel with her instead of you know dumping the dog off with friends or whatever. So we would we had we started out with a van, a conversion van, and then we've had three uh, travel trailers. Uh, throughout our time in 1956, a 67, and a 66. So uh, we still have one in the, the, the driveway. And we thought, okay, let's go somewhere. This Because this lockdown, this COVID bullshit, we were just like, get us the fuck out of LA. I, I can't mm. stand it. Let's go. And we decided to, uh, I, we didn't want to pull, because the last time we pulled a trailer with our, our uh, SUV, we completely cracked the transmission in two so we're like let's not let's not do that again let's let's get a vintage rv you know something that's barely working <laughs> right so uh and we always you know i always like the idea of um being in the vehicle and then sleeping in the vehicle as opposed to getting out and opening another door it's 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 a totally different experience terrifying fully terrifying especially when i first 
drove this thing home from uh, San Diego in Ju June. I bought this thing and I drove it from San Diego for two hours on the highway up the five. And I was white knuckling it. The steering's all <laughs> off. So I'm just driving like this the whole time. Terrifying. And it didn't really stop the whole way. We went to Atlanta and back. And uh, the whole way I was, this is how you have to drive this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That, it, it reminded me a lot too of like the beginning of, uh, you've, seen, you've seen Lost in America? Of course, yeah, great oh. movie. Yeah, hmm. and then just, uh, and, and uh, was it, um, like the, 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 the two of them were just, uh, they, you know, they put all their money into this RV and then that's yeah. gonna be their life. And, yep. Yeah, I, I, and that's, that's a, a great RV, an RV movie, like that's a genre, but, I also remember in the, did you ever see About Schmidt? I did, yeah, he did take an RV, didn't he? It yeah, wasn't he a, super focused on that though, was it? Uh, it, it? No, it wasn't, but there's one part in it where he pulls up into an RV sort of campsite. Okay. And there seemed to be a whole RV lifestyle. Right, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and I, I know. During, what's that? I, I was just gonna say, I don't know about like everybody else, but during COVID, I was very like, I think I'm going to do this now because there's no such thing as stand-up comedy anymore. So I was right. like coming up with new ideas of jobs. And then I found out about this, like these people that take old RVs and then completely renovate the inside and make them look nicer than most homes. So then I found this one RV for like a thousand dollars in Northern Alberta. And it was, it was a 1988 swinger of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, she's paused there. Sometimes her internet gets screwed up. I was so close it, and I did it. But I was so close to it, because I would have been amazing, just like to, to, to renovate a swinger. Because I've heard a lot of RVers are swingers as well. Like, that's <laughs> what know, I've heard. Get close enough, but the, they were all very, uh, they were all very friendly. Uh, the people that we <laughs> talked to, I mean, I guess this is their lifestyle, but you'd go, you'd, 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 you'd know when you get into a, a place where you have some lifers there. Yeah, you know, people that are there for a month. I mean, I think there was one place that for two weeks, the guy could park his RV there for $27. Right. It's like some crazy rates. And, you know, that was not a nice RV park that we were parked right. at. Right. Um, but, you know, the, but that's I mean, part of the adventure. That's part of the adventure. You stayed some nicer ones and some not so nice ones and you just get to meet people. You know, the only time we uh, we boondocked, we only boondocked one time. We stayed at RV parks the whole time. Like Jen was not comfortable just parking on the side of the road in any mm -hmm. town and just, you know, getting out on the sidewalk. It just it didn't feel right. But when we were in Jackson Hole. This is the time that, I mean, I think you guys, Darren, I know you, you reached out when I had a, my breakdown, yeah. which I thought it was over. The whole trip was over at that point. But it was the, we went to Yellowstone National Park the previous day, tooling around the mountains there and feeling very free and uh, saw the old, the old, I was going to call it old yeller, but the old, uh, the old guys, <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> old, old faithful. faithful. Old That's faithful. Yeah. Old yeller. The time that was. So uh, we, we went there and then we got back to Jackson Hole and it was dark and there was no RV parks open. There was nothing. It was all booked up. So we ended up uh, staying at this um, parking lot at an Albertsons. And I, I, I basically called the, the chief of police or the police department in Jackson Hole and said, hey, I'm going to boondock. Is that okay? I don't want to get towed because everyone was like, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. I'm like, I called the police officer and they connected me to the person who patrols the area. And she said, yeah, I'll come by and check you out, make sure everything's okay. And we were the only ones in the parking lot that night. 
And about one, th two things happened that was weird. One, at 1.30 in the morning, I hear this car driving through the parking lot with like a loudspeaker, very similar to the RV incident in Tennessee that happened. Like, you know, yeah. they had a loudspeaker going? Yeah. This had this loudspeaker going and they had, all I could hear at the blaring was, it's the bare necessities. <laughs> Big Roger Miller fan. Yeah, yeah, it was just disturbing. And then the next morning we uh, woke up and said, oh, let's just go uh, to drive to Starbucks right around the corner. I'm like, get out of the driveway. I'm like, oh, I'll just turn around. Literally drove 50 yards, pulled into a Jehovah's Witness parking lot. And as I was pulling in, the whole front end just went boom and crashed right down into the cement. And it really honestly felt like the whole axle split in two. And, you know, I don't know anything about vehicles. And it was a ball joint. It was 400 bucks. And I got it yeah. fixed the next day. So it was a blessing in a lot of weird ways, but I really thought it was over with. I, w I wonder how what it would have been if, if I mean, you, you pulled into the Jehovah's Witness parking lot, you got out of your RV, and I wonder what they would have thought if you went up and knocked on their door. Right. Like, <laughs> help, help I, have, I, I have some literature for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You come out with your RV manual or something. <laughs> RVing always sounds like it's, it's it reminds me of like a, a, the, the state of Florida. It's like where it's like something that people do or somewhere where people go when they want to, they're either on the run from the law or they need to start a new life like Alaska. It's like, the, it's right. like that sort of thing of just like the idea that someone has no more address and they're just going, they're just on the road forever. Well, I mean, the, the movie, the movie Into the Wild, that's a, a big arc on, in that movie is the RVing people who are kind of running from something, not wanting to address it. And they're just living on the road in these RV type places you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then they die alone in their RV. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool to me. I, I nearly died in the RV a few times. So I was glad to uh, keep my family safe. And so was my wife. Um, you know, it wasn't safe. There was a lot of things that could have gone wrong. It wasn't safe to drive. And, and especially, you know, when, when you have like a transport truck just barreling right past you, the wind, it's, it's amazing oh, kind of yeah, thing yeah. because as soon as it comes up behind you, you get sucked in at first and then you get pushed out and then you suck back in. It's, oh, it's, it's death-defying. Yeah, and, and Mike, you, you've seen the movie The Hills Have Eyes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that 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 movie could throw someone off of RVing forever. <laughs> yeah. Now there only a few places that were like that, but I was never afraid of the people. You know, they, that was never the situation. And you know what? Anytime I ever broke down to within one minute, there was always yeah. someone. Right. It's like right there going, hey, do you need help? Do you need gas? What do you need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got, I got, I, I ran out of gas twice on the journey, yeah. like middle of the road. I'm like filling up with my little uh, gas tanks and everyone was right, right there to help. Police too. Like it was really fascinating uh, how much, how, how, how willing people were to help you out. And especially even when I broke down, my friends from you guys from Toronto and mm -hmm. people were just reaching out and it was really uh, heartwarming. Because I didn't feel alone, you know, and yeah. you could feel very alone when you're driving across the United States, even if you're with your family. It's just, it's very isolating. And now, um, now it's been a few months since you've been back, right? Yeah. How long has been back? How long has been? Uh, well, I mean, I got back in uh, the end of August. Right. So it's a good so, month and a half. Right. So, so enough time has gone by. Would you do it again, or are you, or are you like, that's my thing? I'm, I did it, and that's enough. I have to do it again. Okay. There's a, there, was a, there, was a, there was a reason behind this madness. Right. 
the, the, the reason was is that COVID-19 pretty much rendered everybody pretty useless. Right. And, you know, like yourselves, I'm a creator first. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to just sit there and write all the whole time and going, yeah, I wrote, look, I wrote a script that no one will read. <laughs> so, uh, I decided to do kind of, you know, what I've done all my life is just sort of make my own shit. So right. I, we're, we're shooting a feature film with my wife and my son. And that's what we were doing. That's the reason okay. why I bought this, this, this damn thing. I would have bought a, a newer one that was running a lot better, but this one looks cool. Yeah. Uh, so we make, we make, we didn't have a script when we left. We were kind of doing things on the fly. I had good audio, but you know, no, no, nothing else. Like just nothing, just right. our talent and our, my drive. Um, and my son, I had to do, you know, pull him to do it and drag him into scenes and like, just act and say this line and go, everybody <laughs> act, act. It was really fucking tough. And it's still tough. And we're still finishing the, 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 the photography of it all. But, you know, it, it, then I went in, when I got home, I actually wrote the script and I'm very happy with the whole, the whole arc of the whole story. And uh, uh, it's just gonna, it's just takes time when you got no money. Yeah to do it like no investors nothing and i'm not asking people i'm not going on um go fund me going hey give me some money it's like if you don't have a good story i mean you're lost but i have a good story and i don't have the means to make it, it amazing i don't have the means to make it look like a hollywood movie that's for sure right i can right. make engaging i can make it uh a, 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 something that people will watch because it's representative of, of this time uh, one, one of the things that I, I posted a couple of days ago, cause, and we'll get into Cooper's uh, camera or Christmas, but one of the things that I always respected about you guys, the Bob Room crew and you and Jason, is that, you know, a lot of people, especially in that era, talked about doing something, but you guys pulled it off at least twice with ham and cheese and then Cooper's camera. Yeah. You had your ideas. You're like, fuck this. We're going to do it. However, we got to get it done. We're going to get it done. And it kind of parlays into what you're talking about now. Instead of waiting around, right. it's like been always your MO. And one of my memories, and I think Dave was at this, this party as well, but the first ever Canadian Comedy Awards oh. I was at. <laughs> I and my favorite that. showbiz story, one of them still is, that I was outside. I hadn't even gone in yet. And I think you and Jason were already outside completely hammered ha. bragging to me that you've already been kicked out yeah. <laughs> and you haven't even gotten your award yet and you had we're going to be getting an award but that's how much i loved it that you were so not taking it that serious that this is supposed to be showbiz fun party like this is the comedy network right. a party for comedy and you're getting kicked out and people are pissed off about it i personally thought that was fucking hysterical and then I'd heard you guys were doing, you know, other things, ham and cheese and Cooper. And I'm like, you know, great. Because this is what, in my opinion at the time, comedy needed and good for it. That's what I, that's all I wanted to say because I well, really felt cute. that back then. Thank well, you. I, well, don't heckle Ron James. That's the message. Do not <laughs> what, why did you get kicked out? Why did you get kicked out? I was heckling out? Ron James. What the fuck? What did you I was say? like giving him a hard time. Yeah. I was wasted. And then I got an nearly a... a I'm not a fist fight because I was like five feet taller than him, but Tim Progosh and I were like face to face yelling at each other. <laughs> Later on, years down the road, the man buys me a, a dinner. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, everything kind of gets comes out in the wash. And we were all so young and dumb and full of 
piss and vinegar back then. I mean, fearless and and dicks too. You know, you, you when you're young like that, and you, there's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of ego. It's, you, you, over the years, you just sort of all that sort of just drips off. Like there's no right. ego anymore. It's just I just want to survive and enjoy this life. Uh, yeah, with my yeah. family is literally. Yeah. There's no fame. There's no like I want to be a star. Like come on. Well, I know as, as someone who was at that party that uh, I think they took everybody up to the venue at the CTV like head office or the big studio that they had. They took everybody up in school buses, I remember. And uh, this I, like I, season two. This sounds like the second award show. This was, no, I think the second like award show. Temple. Uh, no, the second award show, I think, was at, yeah, the second awards was at the Masonic Temple. Okay. But the first one, uh, was at the CTV uh, uh, headquarters, like their studios up. I know that, yep. Yeah, I, just, I remember that one because I left on the school bus and Andrew Clark was sitting in front of me and I proceeded to drink and uh, throw beer cans at the window. Which, that's, that's the way to do it. That's comedy, man. That's well, comedy. I also, and then I remember, uh, yeah, this, the second year one, because someone at head office thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if we got a bunch of twins because this is the second <laughs> oh anniversary. God. The idea is that they cock up. I mean, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the executives that run Canadian comedy, are they still there? Are they still working it? Oh, yeah. You fail upwards in Canada. They <laughs> yeah, really do. Yeah. I think that's when you get the best, the funniest stuff is when you are finally, you've, you've seen the Hollywood machine and how it works. And you're like, this is so stupid. And you either give up or you make your own shit. Right. Well, I'm really, honestly, I'm on that tightrope right now. I mean, I just wish, I've asked, I said, please just tell me, give me some other, other, some other career that I could do to support my family and live right. this life. And like, literally, I'm just like open-minded, waiting and nothing. Like, I don't have any other skill sets, you know? Uh, this is what I do. And I, I mean, I'd rather, I'm, 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 a, I'm a stronger creator than I am an actor. I've, I've always just been a, a more geared towards that, but you know, it doesn't pay every single day. <laughs> you know, you right, gotta right. grind through it. You gotta survive. Obviously, I'm talking preaching to the choir here, but you just gotta keep keep persevering. Now this is the present we've all been waiting for. I hope it's what I think it is. Huh? Oh, wicked a video camera! Look how small it is too. And we're gonna take the best Christmas ever, right? With me giving out presents to Marcus. One up to mommy. I think it's time you learn the truth about Santa. He don't always bring you what you want. He can't afford it. Christmas is here, children will cheer. Happy, happy. Hey, uh -oh. Happy birthday. Oh, smokes. <laughs> Someone popped a baby boner for his cousin. Yeah, you don't want to piss off God on his baby boy's birthday.
along and so how did how did Cooper's camera come about? I mean, you guys did ham and cheese, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you guys did ham and cheese, and then yeah. you, was this a, a something you wrote afterwards for Cooper's camera Christmas, or you guys kind of had that one ready to go once ham and cheese was done? Well, let's just say let's just say first that Jay, you and Jason Jones, yes, uh, wrote ham and cheese, and you started it, and ham and cheese was sort of like a it was like a story of like a how would you describe it? Because there's you, and then there's the sort of even more, I don't know, more, or your equally delusional Jason Jones. I was semi-retarded, and Jason was just this <laughs> blind idiot who uh, just didn't know what he was doing, who thought he was funny. Uh, my character was based off of, you know, sketch. We we're basically doing our sketch characters that we did on stage, and we're like, hey, let's do a movie with it. Right. Well, I, I, but what's what was great about Jason was, that he was completely clueless, just remarkably, just like, just, uh, yeah, just had, had, had no self-awareness and, yeah. but like remarkably confident. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite scene in Ham and Cheese is when uh, he goes to the audition and then he purposely forgets his briefcase in the right. audition. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. has to go back into the room and and do that sort of like, Oh, hi there, guys. Right, right. I couldn't believe that. I, just another chance for you to interact with the casting people. And I think every every guy that has ever auditioned thought, before seeing that movie, but just thought, oh, that would be a great idea. Because then they'll see my personality. Right. And then right. that'll win the most. <laughs> then I'll get the part. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just how you think, Dave. I never, ever no, thought that way. I've never I, done I related to that scene so fucking much. <laughs> I, Constantly leaving your briefcase in auditions, are you, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. briefcase or a liquor store bag or knapsack or one of those two. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, with some like uh, Ham and Cheese was very um, low budget again, just shooting it on the fly. I think the first day we filmed the entire day at Marineland, which is a place I used to work at. And uh, we were sitting there holding the boom. And meanwhile, it wasn't recording a single bit of dialogue the whole day. Like it was a whole, the first oh, day, no. it was like, this is a disaster. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have sticks. We had a pole that right. the, the, the direct, uh, the DOP would just be holding like this. <laughs> and then about two weeks later, I'm like, oh, did you need stick? I have sticks at my home. Like we didn't have the wherewithal to buy sticks. Like that's right. how cheap it was. So, I mean, we just, again, full of piss and vinegar. Let's just shoot something kind of cobbled together us uh, was hoop dreams for actors is what or bad actors is kind of what we conceived that as and we worked on that for you know just picking away at it like six months not even like thinking that we're ever going to make it just like oh let's put that funny scene into a movie that'd be let's put that in that script so that that actor's script you know and then that's what it kind of came out but cooper's was written very quickly like that was written less than two weeks uh, uh, over the phone, which Jason and I wrote, I mean, we've written like 10 scripts together and like two of them, but most of them were written over the phone. How much was scripted and how much was improvised? Cause it felt so like very real. Like it didn't well, feel scripted. 100% scripted. I That's mean, crazy cause it was so good. Little bits in here, like, you know, adding, you know, giving the scene some weight or some sort of filling out the the holes but it was all scripted um and uh that was also a very cheap film i think it was a hundred 
100,000 or 70,000 of actual shooting budget. But where that first came from, we went to Banff one year and uh, we pitched some terrible show idea and it was embarrassing and it was a waste of time. And I was very much in the same vein as I was, Darren, when I was at the Canadian Comedy Awards. Right. <laughs> I didn't care, it was like so pretentious and we just were just, this is dumb. And we taught, we saw some Comedy Network people and we're like, ah, oh, we have this idea of this family uh, doing this Christmas, uh, Christmas morning. And we based it off my family's videotapes. I have old VHS tapes, I watched it and it was, I mean, they're very similar to what the movie is, but yeah. without real humor, just more boring home video type thing. But the same scenes were kind of there. Right. And uh, we watched that and we basically kind of pitched like that. Like, yeah, let's develop it. We're great. So we wrote like as a series. So we wrote a half hour script, which was Christmas. Uh, and then we wrote uh, episode two, which was the family going on a family vacation to a, a B&B. And we presented it. And uh, nothing came of it, you know. You know the way it goes. <laughs> nothing right. came of it. And uh, when we were on set to shoot Cooper's Christmas or Cooper's camera, then, and we we're about to go to camera, the Comedy Network's lawyers contacted our producer and said, "You can't film a second until you pay back the development money we gave you." So we had to pay out of our pockets, Jason and I's pockets, we had to pay before we right. uh, did filming. So that movie cost me a lot of money to make. Right. <laughs> it didn't make a set. Right. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a labor of love and, you know, we had high hopes for it, but you know, it's Canadian. And then I got to TIFF and had, had really great reception there too. I mean, I remember being at the screenings and people were just like waves of laughter. I'm like, this is gonna be great. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It was just it just went away. I think it's like, but I just discovered it this year. Like, I don't think that it's like it just. I had no idea, and I like I love Prime because you just go through it, and there's all these obscure movies. But I think it's just that like not enough people have heard about. I like I've told everyone I know this year to watch that movie because it's just so funny. Your character is like one of my uncles. Like your character is my fiance's favorite. Like every he he died. Like he, right, but. But I think that that movie is just like, it's going, it, it, it might be one of those movies that like takes a few years, but it'll, I think it could become bigger. Like, you know, like a FUBAR style, kind of like well, out of know, nowhere. I, 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 I gotta say when it comes to your character, I think everybody, everybody either knows someone like that or is someone like that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think I'm still a quarter of that guy. Right. I well, I'm at least 50% that guy, you know? I even got a little <laughs> bit of a mullet going again. <laughs> Well, uh, and I think people want to see because that that movie was so politically incorrect in parts of it, and I I'm, I think a lot of people are getting sick of how woke everything is. So if people start watching this movie, they're gonna be like, "No, this would not really fly," but this is what people were like in the eighties. <laughs> like this is what some people are like still now. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I watched it the other night too, and I knew that we we're gonna be doing this. I'm like, I haven't watched this movie in about seven years, and I was, mm. <laughs> you know, and you look at it through the 2020 lens of this wokeism that's happening and you're like it's a lot of rape jokes in this <laughs> i can't say that word anymore uh but you know a part of me is like what you're saying is like who gives a fuck i just yeah, want to yeah. throw it in their face i want to shove it down their throat you know the way you throw off cunt bombs i'm like yes yes keep saying it you know right. like you have to 
And if people get offended, well, fuck them. I don't. Also, care. also, it, I mean, you always have that loophole is that it's it's a great. It's like it's. I mean, that almost is a genre now too of like found footage movies. Sure. So you got a great foot found footage movie of both you guys at Christmas and the whole Dave Foley part. And it's like, if anyone gets offended, you can just say, I'm being genuinely accurate about the 1980s. And this right. is how, yeah. and, I, and I don't think that like, you know, it's like, if you watch a movie like Teen Wolf, they throw the word fag around, like it's nobody's oh, yeah. business. Oh, yeah. And you're like, holy shit, how was, how was how this was a allowed? thing that you could just do and get away with? And nobody cared and was just like, oh, ha Fact. It's like we said before, Revenge of the Nerds. The one girl oh. was so drunk, she thought she fucked the other guy. And in 16 Candles, the same thing happens. You know, she's so drunk, she thinks she's fucking the hot guy. That was that era of that right. of that decade. Well, and Revenge of the Nerds is, is absolutely should be banned. They set up cameras to spy on those girls. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Right. You know, and then, your mouth drops. No, that, and, my, and my other, what, you know what is now, there's a, they do a thing in Revenge of the Nerds which would be now considered revenge porn, and yeah. they, and you could lead and you could go to federal prison for it because yeah. they they set up the cameras in the girls' uh, uh, sorority. They take photos of them, and then at the pie eating contest, they put those photos at the bottom of the pies. And so when everybody eats finishes eating the pie, then they see the naked photos of these like um, sorority sisters. And they're right. like, oh, ha, 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 isn't this funny? You're naked and we're all laughing at it. And isn't this funny? And then like, that's now revenge porn. And Amazing. you can go to fucking prison for it. It's just- it Dave, is. Dave, you know way too much about that movie. That's all I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to say. I've seen it, I've seen it at least Classic. in the last two years. I always wanted to do a remake. I just truly uh, think that we're in a new cycle. What's that? <laughs> we're in a I cycle? Just think we're in a, a new yeah. cycle. I think people are sick of woke culture. People are sick of cancel culture. I think you can't cancel people anymore because everybody's being canceled eight times a day. So yeah. I think we're going to see a new cycle of like, let's get back to offensive, like, but honest stuff. Well, you know, if that happens, I'll have a career. Because <laughs> I don't really know how to know. Yeah, not good. I want it to happen. This is why well, this I think is it's a low, uh, a career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a kid keep a low profile on social media because uh you know i'm kind of like you guys I'll, I'll i'll burn the fucking barn down oh, and well. people will kill me so i just keep my mouth shut and post pictures of my family every now and then and uh like something here and there and I, that's I just, been my mo for the last five years right you know what I, I i live in barry where life goes to die i'm having a family time right. that's it but you know what? Nothing's better than that in the sense yeah. of uh, being with my my boy and my wife. And uh, the only reason I'm in Los Angeles still is because it's beautiful. But, you know, if I had a real desire to work and I got to hustle, I mean, I could probably get some more shit going. But I can't take away this time that I've had watching my son grow up. It's been right. beautiful. Been there every single day for him. And um this COVID thing was just sort of like a little pivot for us. Like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, every other day. Yep. Yeah. We're prepared for it. Um, yep. oh, one thing oh, I wanted to ask you about <clears throat> in the casting of, of Coopers, uh, obviously you knew everyone in it, but there was a casting process, right? Because I know that Michael Stevenson said, uh, I'd like my comment. And he also had made a comment about it was a, one of his favorite things to cast. Right. Michael Stevenson was a casting director for many, many years in Toronto. So how hard was that process for the movie? Because everyone pretty much 
their characters were very much nailed. I mean, there wasn't one character where you were like, eh, like Peter no, Callahan no. comes across so schmarmy. And I know he's not a schmarmy guy, right. but he fucking comes across so schmarmy in that movie. It's great. He's so great. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I just want to say one thing about Peter Callahan. It was like uh, one of his first movies was like this 1980s screwball comedy called, uh, well, it was actually called Screwballs. Yep. Okay. yep. And uh, it was a Canadian film. And I know uh, uh, Simon Rakoff and P and Howard Nemitz did punch up on it, uh, but it's it's a it's a basically the premise is uh, we want to see this girl's tits, and that's and they and they conceive some crazy scheme to the they're going to put a metal of magnetic bra on her and then have this gigantic metal like uh, magnetic sort of gun that they're going to and then it'll her bra will rip off and that's the whole goal of the movie is let's see this woman's boobs. Um, but, uh, I remember Peter Callahan was walking up the street once, uh, around, uh, it was, I got that chicken wing place that all the Yuck Yucks comics used to go to. I don't know where Peter Callahan was going, but I said to him, uh, I yelled out, uh, I loved you in screen in, I loved you in screwballs. <laughs> and, uh, he turned around and he actually said, some of my best work. And, he kept walking. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, good for you. Good for you. But he was great. He was great in that movie. Fantastic. You know, he really helped us in that regard. And that was obviously not a, we didn't, he didn't need to audition. We kind of knew he would be great. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty easy to kind of get Canadian actors, no matter what status, to work for a hundred dollars <laughs> a day, you know? Yep. So yep. It, it was good to get him. And, you know, all the other things was, you know, Stevenson, he's, he's so great. Um, and he cast ham and cheese as well for nothing. I was kind of nervous about asking him to cast like, a, hey, Michael, would you mind, you know, mm -hmm. uh, doing this? I mean, I wasn't like huge buddy buddies with him. You know, I'd go for auditions, but I just respected him so much and liked him right. as a human. And he was like, yeah, no problem. No problem. And then he did it again. I, I hope someone paid him for the second time, but I know he didn't get anything for ham and cheese. But, you know, he brought up some great people and these like not even a lot. I don't think we we saw many people. You know, it was like the, the kid who played Teddy was fantastic, Dylan. Uh, there was like maybe like five kids that we saw. And I was in L.A. I saw them just on tape. You know, I'd watch their auditions and go, yeah, I like this kid. And everyone right. liked the same people. It was easy. Yeah. Uh, the How little Dougie, that little Dougie kid. I mean, I watched it the other night. The way he nails yeah. the camera with the orange on one take. I mean, certain <laughs> things were just really worked out perfectly on that film kind of lightning on a bottle in a lot of regards because we didn't have a lot of time shot it very quick and just scenes came together actors came together and it just it just worked out jenny parsons oh so great yeah very very funny how many days was the shoot you remember yeah 14 wow maybe it was were you drunk were you drunk during the snow like the sledding no <laughs> no no i was, just, I was it, like you've got to be I was just over, uh, I just knew that um, it was going to happen. In the original, in the, the in the script, we wrote it. It was, and I'm glad we had the wheelchair instead. But uh, mm -hmm. the original was a bicycle going down, oh, and that was ice. That whole thing was ice. You know, you you know the way it is to toboggan in Canada. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, it was originally supposed to be a ten speed uh, bicycle, shirt off, riding down. <laughs> Which was very foobar in a way, so I'm glad we didn't do that. So it set it apart. 
Um, but that was I was scared of that scene. Oh man, when I when that happened, I actually turned to my wife and went, "Holy shit!" Because I know how these shoots are. There's no safety precautions. There's nothing. It's just like, let's see if it goes. Let's right. see what happens. One take again. I yeah. was no, I wasn't gonna go up there and do that shit again. I had a huge <laughs> wealth on my side. It was, uh, it was, but you know, it was fun as fuck. It was just a great, a great time. You know, everyone was just everyone was really uh, determined to have a fun time. And that's, that's credit to Warren uh, having a great crew and people just, it just worked out really nicely. Uh, how did the, um, I just want to ask, how did the Dave Foley element happen? Dave's always been supportive of us, you know, back from the Riv days. Um, so like, you know, whenever I talk to him at some drunken party or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I am my movie ham and cheese like, sure, sure i'll do it and he did it and then after he did ham and cheese we stayed in touch and he's like yeah i'll do whenever whatever you guys want whenever yeah. you want was so that was, his butt or was it a butt double that was all dave man that guy dave's, butt. <laughs> dave's dave's dick dave's butt i mean it was kind of like, you want to do this he's like sure well yeah you don't you don't really have a budget for a stunt butt <laughs> yeah. 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 if you can't afford crash mats you can't afford stunt i really enjoy that that sort of found footage sort of genre i think there's a lot of uh, really cool uh movies out there in that style um i thought if you ever really wanted to trip someone out that you could combine two found footage movies and i would love to see a comp a, a, a recut of uh, Cooper's Christmas and Cloverfield. <laughs> Just like two movies that are both, what the fuck is going on? Right. It's, it's this family movie, but then underneath that family movie is a movie about an alien fucking uh, invasion. And, and just sort of like, it'd be more like, just like, what, 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 what's, what, it's, it'd be a, it would be a hilarious back and forth. Exactly. I, I think Cloverfield came out like a uh, good, year or so before um, our movie and it was a big inspiration of like hey let's just do a comedy version of cloverfield which in turn was also just let's do a comedy version of blair witch project yeah, yeah. um but that's funny that you mentioned that um that would be very funny mixing mix, mix <laughs> the genres well you know, of course of course i mean you wouldn't tell anybody that that's happening right. or they would just be all surprised of like what Ooh. Well, it's a good twist. It's a good midpoint twist, you know, yeah. bringing the aliens at that point. But, the and before, but I also want to make a point. I find it very interesting that in Cooper's, uh, both co-leads are married to the respected people in the movie. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> it worked out that way. Uh, we didn't need to cast anybody for that. Right. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it just works out. I mean, if, if, if any time I'm ever, if, if during these times that I was in LA and I, uh, you know, sell one of my shows or whatever, I get to that point, everyone I fucking know is going to work on this shit. You know, right. I, that's what, why you do this stuff. You get that level of fame. You get that level of success. You don't go, well, fuck everyone I ever knew. It's more like, mm -hmm. hey, come on in. Right. Use the connections. I hope that you now start your own thing. Like it should yeah. be about that. Yeah. Well, that's that's also a driving force of my perseverance is that I feel like I owe it to people in a lot of regards. So um, I'm still fucking trying, still swinging, guys, still swinging. Well, I, I was Please, curious. About, I was curious about something. How did it go from 
Cooper's camera to Cooper's Christmas. Yeah. Because uh, that's the thing. Like, if you look it up on Prime, one's 14 plus, and then one's uh, 18A. Huh. There's like, yeah, there's, and then one, and like the one that's 14 plus is like, uh, or adult accompaniment, as they used to call it in, in Ontario. Hmm. Uh, it has like an extra minute on it. So, I mean, if you go, if, if you go to Prime, at least in Canada, I just saw it for the first time, like a, a couple of days ago. Right. But it was like weird. It's like there's two, there's Cooper's Christmas and then Cooper's Christmas. And one, it's just, how, but, and, but moreover, anything else, how did it become go from camera to Christmas? Well, I believe uh, at some point, a couple of years after it was made and, you know, it was obvious it was just going to die in Canadian obscurity. Uh, the producer uh, sold it to uh, Anchor Bay. Okay. And Anchor Bay did something with Lionsgate. I don't know. Again, deals that I don't get anything for. But and they they decided to make it more marketable. Which I mean, in retrospect, it's like yeah, that's a better name. Cooper's Christmas yes. is a better title than Cooper's Camera because what the fuck is Cooper's Camera? It was only called Cooper's Camera because it was never meant to be a Christmas thing. It was meant to be that was the pilot An episode to this other thing, right? So it was, uh, we just, oh yeah, oh, that makes sense. So someone else made that executive decision, not us. Did, you know, did the whole um, sleeve of the DVD and all their pictures. And I'm like, huh, didn't have a say in any of this stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, when people shit on Christmas, uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. When people <laughs> shit on, when people shit on, uh, on executives and producers and even critics, there, there are those moments when they're sort of like, oh, right, that's what you're for. Right. It's like, yeah, slap Christmas on it, and then boom, it's like a whole, I mean, because I, when I was looking for it, I had to, I went into Prime, and I just typed Christmas, and, you know, you have to scroll, scroll, but then you find it, and you're like, oh, great, here's a Christmas movie we haven't seen, because we've seen It's a Wonderful Life, or A Christmas Story, or some and other. you know you can also see ham and cheese online now too. There is really? um there's an app called Canadian or something that you can pay five bucks a month for, or you can get a like a one week trial free, and you can watch ham and cheese on there. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay, all right. Okay. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm good. It's a little embarrassing at times. You know, you're just starting out. You're trying to make something, and uh, you can't always be so proud of it. That said, I'm 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 more proud of uh, uh, Cooper's. Mm-hmm. I, I feel more um, like, yeah, that was a funny, funny fucking movie, and you know, it should it should be ranked up there as a, at least in a, a, a Christmas movie. It's like, yeah, that's yes. one of the funniest Christmas yes. movies. I mean, yes. really competition. There's the thing is in comedies for Christmas. What is the competition really? You've got Elf. I don't know. And that's it. Like like there's comedy. no like there's no edgy like bad santa but like there's no oh, yeah, there's bad nothing, santa. like there's nothing that's like adult christmas comedy yes. and this is this is what it is and i i've told everybody i found it just because i was looking yeah i mean i've been i've been pushing it all week as like, well what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. so, that's great i just think it's really uh, well you know i lent it to my neighbor uh uh said on like i think it was on the 23rd uh my neighbor who i see every day because we just walk our dogs and i'm just getting getting to know him like because we just moved to this area and i'm like hey uh you guys watching any movies you want to watch a christmas movie and i gave him the movie and he goes uh, that's how i found out it was on prime 
He's like, oh, I found it on Prime. Um, my mother-in-law's over and uh, yeah, we're gonna watch it. <laughs> it's the bed. And I hadn't seen it either. I hadn't seen it in seven years. So I ended up watching it that night as well going, oh my God, they're watching this. <laughs> and I saw them on Christmas Eve and they're like, uh, I'm like, like, so we saw Cooper's Christmas. <laughs> Character was, uh, I mean, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, all I have I, to do is shit on it. I have to go. Yeah, you know, it didn't hold up. It didn't hold up. I know, I know. We were young. We didn't yeah. know. Well, I always like that review of when I was like, "Hey, we saw it," and um, we saw it. You know, yeah. that's basically <laughs> it was just you're acknowledging that you watched it. That's that's all. You guys, you guys look like you had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> it's a carnival. Yeah. Did a you carnival have a time there. making that? Yeah. <laughs> You guys look like you had a lot of fun. Is the uh, you look very confident on stage? Yeah, <laughs> movie making. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mike. We want to uh, just take this time. If you got anything you're working on outside of this, the RV movie, or is that pretty much your project that you got going on? Well, I mean, look, there's not a lot going on. Uh, right. You know, unless you're on a major Hollywood uh, movie. I mean, I did have a movie that. I, I did book, I was going to be doing scenes with John Hader and they're like, nah, because of the lockdown in LA, it's moving to Virginia. Right, I'm right. like, does that mean, uh, what am I, you're going to hire local? Like, I don't, have, I don't even know where it's at, but it's been pushed to the summer. So it's like, okay, uh, RV movie, Last American Vacation is pretty much my focus. And like, I got other projects that I'm, uh, I've, I've created and I'm just waiting to hear, you know, you wait, it's constantly waiting for people to read it. And then go, yeah, this is great. And then you follow up two weeks later going, hey, uh, so what do you think? We'll get back to you. And then three weeks go by. I mean, so many times it's just- Who are you? Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens, but you'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. That'll be the only time I'll post on Facebook. I'm like, hey, look, I did something. <laughs> Hey, this is Nick Beaton. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Satellite Radio Laugh Attack. It's always awkward when people are leaving the meeting. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I hate wrapping up because it's always weird to wrap up, but he's been on for like 45 minutes almost, so it's like that's... Yeah. Um, did you want to wait? Did you want to keep chatting or uh, are you good for tonight i think i think that's a good ending you know i think we're good all right these were my these were my magazines from the 80s that i recently found <laughs> that's uh they're all high societies oh high society yeah you yeah. Don't, don't do, you, do, you, do you look at it with a monocle yes, yes i yes i do in my top coat <laughs> when i'm riding my carriage yeah and, uh, <laughs> My uh, my and that, my, that the, the rickety bumpity. Oh, that's great for jerking off to high society in well, the carriage. I uh, yeah yeah. When I'm, I always loved. Anyways, I, <laughs> is that really that pleasurable when a woman does that? I I don't know, Dave. Okay. What is she doing? I can't tell. Oh, she's just she's just doing this with her lips, and that seems no. To that's create... not for women. That's not yeah. for women. Yeah, that's a that's, pose for men. Yeah, yeah. even I even I kind of doubted that when I was a youngster. Uh, but, uh, show me a pose in there that a woman would do that's the better question well you, uh, there won't be one dave you can come back next week and show it okay 
All right. All right. Well, uh, well, uh, I'm I'm glad everybody had a wonderful and happy Christmas and all that. Uh...